17 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. It's been a two-week hiatus. However, Jerry Burris and I are back, and this time we're going to talk about something that we are both diehards about. It's, it's been a few weeks off because there's really been nothing going on in sports, but now we're just going to talk about Pokemon Go all night long. You have no idea how excited and well-practiced I am for this conversation. <laughs> uh, no, we're not going to talk about Pokemon Go that much. We what? Are well, we're going to talk about it real quick because I have just got to get some things off my chest. But tonight we are going to talk fantasy football, which is my lifeblood. I live for, uh, you know, early August through early February. Uh, those months of my life are not only are they the greatest months of my life, but they're also the least productive months of my life because on Sundays I do absolutely nothing. Um, but first off, Jerry, it's been two weeks since we talked. You know, so are you a Pokemon master master now, or what's going on? No, I've been mostly just chasing kids out of my front yard. Um, <laughs> I I do think where there's a great business opportunity here with this Pokemon like uh, augmented reality type app. What if I could offer you a chance to run around your city collecting, you know, virtual fantasy football players? I'm in. And, you have to physically get up off your couch and to go get that, you know, Eddie Lacy, you might have to climb, you know, some steps to get up there, you know, but there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, Tory Smiths around. So th- those are easy to find or like a, right, right. a Michael Crabtree. But if you really want like that Todd Gurley, you might have to actually scale a building. Let's make this really <laughs> interesting. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, I missed out on the Pokemon craze growing up by a brow probably two or three years uh, so i was never a pokemon guy i never played it on my game boy or, or whatever system it came out on um but i'll tell you what if they had like an x-men go i'm all in oh find wolverine find gambit i would i'd be walking the streets of manchester new hampshire trying to find every single x-men and mutant um but i like your idea about the fantasy football um th- this this pokemon go thing has been absolutely crazy you know it's funny when it first came out and I read about it. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Get people off their, you know, out of the out of the the doldrums of their mother's basement. Um, actually, get some some sun, get a tan or something like that. Because once this game started, I remember I was driving to go work out, and we go on my way to the gym. There's just this like two or three parks, and all of a sudden, this park is just filled with doughy looking kids. Uh, who haven't seen the sun in months. They have odd-colored hair. Uh, you can tell that it looks like they haven't slept in about three days. Um, it look, they're, they're, their clothes are very odd-fitting. They're very loose-fitting. Is this a um, Warped Tour concert or, or a park? What are you talking about? It's 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 Pokemon Go. Okay. <laughs> all these all these. No, because it was Warped Tour. They'd be wearing like you know they'd have dark hair and they'd have uh, you know guy liner on. But these kids just walking around. But and the whole thing, they're just staring down at their phone. And I almost ran over about three preteens just because they weren't looking where the hell they were going. Um, so so Pokemon Go has taken I, I, – the, oh, this – oh, the biggest nerd I saw. Guy had not only a Pikachu, Pikachu shirt on, but he also had two phones. Okay, so he's du- double Pokemon Go because he wanted – two phones. <laughs> I don't like what that song is about Pokemon Go though. It's about it's about um, the bitches and the the customers actually. That's what <laughs> Kevin Gates' song Two Phones" is about. Um, 
but it was it was just like this kid was super nerd. He was he was trying to find the the Mewtwo, which I guess is apparently the uh, the Golden Goose, uh, the, the most difficult Pokemon to find. But um, I, that's that's Pokemon Go. That's that was probably the biggest thing to go on since we were on our hiatus. Because other than that, it's been Major League Baseball All Star Game. Um, the dog days of summer, the home run derby. So there really wasn't a ton to talk about. And uh, But we are here, and we have uh, a jam-packed episode tonight for you guys. Um, of course, let's talk about where you can find us first on Twitter, at Glory Podcast. On Facebook, search for us at uh, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us emails, negpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on iTunes. Search for Never Ending Glory Podcast. And a very exciting thing that I do want to mention. Yes. Um, we will now be published by a blog that I've been writing for for over three years now, dynastyfootballwarehouse.com. Uh, a great website, great guys there. Start off by Dan Hines and Jay Myers. Uh, just just a very, very good uh, site to go to. Not only do they have Dynasty fantasy football information, but just standard redraft fantasy football information. If you sign up for the site, you can send the quote-unquote experts a question, a start or sit, uh, trade value, draft day value. Uh, just and they have a, they have different articles out every day. I have an article coming out um, on Saturday that's going to be who do you want as your RB two? Geo, Danny Woodhead, or Duke Johnson. So we have creative articles like that. And then during the season, we'll have start sit articles. We'll have bargain bin articles. We'll have great articles about who you can add um, in the daily league. So like the DraftKings. Um, so. Like I said, very exciting. Every time we talk about fantasy football, we will be published on Dynasty Football, uh, DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. And, of course, we will send out the link to that every time on our Twitter and, uh, and Facebook feeds. So You know what this means, right? What's that mean? More sexbot followers. I mean, we're at like – we're killing it with that right now. I mean, if you want to find a nice horny lady in Manchester, New Hampshire, just follow uh, just follow your <laughs> podcast because – I got plenty of them, <laughs> and I think, and I think, I think they really like the hard hitting sports takes. And I, you know what? It was the WWE uh, mock draft that I think really got them, got them ripping and rare to go. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm excited about uh, being with Dynasty Football Warehouse. Great stuff on there, and uh, it's going to be a really fun season. Absolutely. So we are talking fantasy football, but first let's talk about football, just regular football. Um, some big news has come down since our last episode. Mm-hmm. Mainly, Josh Gordon has been reinstated, so the Cleveland Browns will have a veteran receiver, uh, and they won't be starting 19 rookie receivers uh, that they drafted this year. So he will have a four-game suspension. That means week five against who, Jer? Uh, It's already circled in my calendar. I have tickets in hand, ready to go against the New England Patriots are coming to town. Right. So Never Ending Glory podcast will be reporting live from Cleveland Browns Stadium uh, uh, on Columbus Day weekend. Um, but, yeah, so Josh Gordon's coming back. You know, we saw a dominant 2013 Josh Gordon, and we saw a pretty meh 2014 Josh Gordon after his suspension. So the first question is, will he will he stay clean until week five? And if so, will he play a full 12 games? And if so, will he be good? What do you think, Jer? Well, let's take it one at a time here. I do think that... Take some of the quotes I've, I've heard from him today. Today was the first day of Brown's full uh, team reporting. He says he's a changed guy. You know, you, you're saying all the right things. But the thing that's <laughs> different now is 
you know, fool me once, strike one, fool me twice, strike three. That's a Michael Scott quote. <laughs> but Hugh Jackson was not on the team when, when he was around. And Hugh Jackson, he may be a, a player's coach, and that might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing. But I do think it's going to be helpful when it comes to a case like this. He's more relatable to the players than I think we've anybody we've had in the past five or six position, or five or six guys in the position. And – Will he be dominant? I don't know if he's dominant any, uh, anymore, but he's a huge guy that we lack on this, this team. We don't have a receiver who's a physical specimen. There's only so many guys you can call a freak in the NFL at wide receiver, and back in 2013, he was a freak. Am I wrong? Oh, no, absolutely. He uh, 87 catches, 1,646 yards, nine touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And did he, play, did he play all 16 games that year? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Wasn't he – Coming off a four game suspension, I think he was coming out. I think it might have been two. I, he, I don't think he played a full season, right? Um, yeah, he definitely didn't play. A full, and the fact that he didn't play a full season and put up those numbers is just filthy. Yeah, uh, bear with me for two seconds, and I'll tell you exactly how many games he played. He played 14 games in 2013. Okay, so he had the so two game suspension. Two game suspension. I think it was. I think that was also the same year that Hayden had his like four game suspension for. Uh, yeah. They were both. I think they were taking uh, Ritalin, or um, <laughs> they had to study. They had to focus on on studying their playbook. Yeah, I I, I don't understand. But well, any- here, here, well, here's my thing, Jerry. You say Hugh Jackson's going to be the one that is, you know, he's a relatable coach. And- we hope. It, you hope, but like, what does that matter when the guy's just an idiot? I mean, it wasn't Mike Patine. Mike Patine's not the reason why Josh Gordon got a DUI on July fourth. Mike Patine. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, right? That's his name, right? I mean, but, I mean, Patton. <laughs> Patton, Patton, whatever. I don't know. I'm from New England. We have a weird accent. <clears throat> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, he's not, Patton wasn't just sitting there. No, Patton saying, inherited hey, don't, problem. don't smoke weed. No. You know, don't, don't drink and drive on July 4th. So I don't think, I don't think he's not like a, a guy like Chad Ochocinco was who, you know, in Cincinnati would, would kind of piss people off and rub people the wrong way because he just run his mouth. That's not what Gordon does. Gordon just is an idiot and hangs out with Johnny Manziel and and yes. drinks and drives when he has a phone number that he can call and then the NFL will have somebody come pick him up. Right. Um, you know when he's had multiple drug suspensions and he still feels the need to smoke weed. Uh, that's that's his issue. So I don't really I, I want to think that Hugh Jackson can reel this guy in, but I just don't think it's very relatable. He just it just it, it's to the point where Josh Gordon has to realize, okay, do I want to live a nice lavish lifestyle? Do I want to you know? Know, be a professional football player. I mean, he's been in the league for three years now, and or four years now. So he came in the league when he was 21 years old. So he's a young kid. He's stupid. Now, maybe now that he's 25, hopefully he's matured a little bit. Um, but I, I just, I don't think it's the coach that's going to make him turn it around. It's got to be him and his close group of friends that are going to make him turn it around. And it's it's not a good thing if you're already seeing him hanging out with Johnny Manziel in Vegas when we all know Johnny Manziel is just an absolute shit show. Well, you're right. Um, it, it is, it's up to him. It's in his decisions off the field or what have to get changed. It's not, it was never his in the, the building problem. It was never on the field problems. It was always off the field. But like you said, he's just turned 25, and, and he's got a, a, a phenomenal physicality and, and speed and ability. Like it's a, it's a total waste. I know that this is the opinion of everybody in Cleveland, though. If you ask anyone about Josh Gordon, I would say 9 out of 10 people say he's got one year left on his rookie contract. It's a prove-it thing. If he screws up, it's no we don't lose a roster spot because he's already right. out for the first four games. So you know what? 
let's see what happens. We're not. This isn't like it's he's our quarterback and we have to make this work. He's a, he's a wide receiver in a, in a pretty deep core of guys that have never been that you know are unproven. Like you said, well, and, you drafted and four rookies. Anything you get from him is just it's, it's great. You're, you're kind of you're playing yeah. with house money right now. You know anything yeah. you get from him because you you spent. You know, all last season without him, um, and I think everybody went into the season thinking, especially when he was in Vegas with Manziel, thinking, "Well, we're we're not going to get anything out of this guy." And th- and I think the Browns thought the same thing because they drafted so many wide receivers. But you know, now we got the Baylor to Baylor to Baylor connection with RG three, <laughs> Corey Coleman, and Josh Gordon, and uh, you know, Baylor's been in the news for some for some good things recently. Uh, Are you sarcasm. questioning the um, decision making process of, of players coming from Baylor? Is that what you're doing? Uh, maybe, maybe. Because RG three, I don't think has ever done anything wrong in his entire life. I'm pretty sure well, he's been sold that bill of goods plenty of times. <laughs> well, that, that's one of them. That's one of them. No pressure, no diamonds, of course. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I, my my curiosity is, you know, when he came back from his suspension in 2014, Josh Gordon wowed everybody against the Falcons. Eight catches for 120 yards. The next week, seven catches for 75 yards, and then in week 14, 15, and 16. He only combined for nine catches and about 100 yards. So, you know, was he just – I mean, the team at that point was out of it. They weren't in playoff contention. Right. So he was probably mailing it in. Um, but now he's had a whole year off. And a lot of times you see a guy who, while his body's rested, he doesn't have those reps. And he does. he's not in football shape. So, you know, if, if you're going to draft this guy in fantasy football, I think he's definitely a good option as being drafted on draft day as a wide receiver three. But don't expect really any major production from him until at least week eight, week nine, week ten, because mm-hmm. obviously weeks one through four he's going to be away from the team, which I think is the stupidest rule. No, he is. Suspended. No, no, he's not suspended oh, and, and required to be away from the team. This oh, okay. is the crazy thing is that remember back when he got suspended and he had, became a uh, used car salesman. Yes, I do. That I was do. because he wasn't allowed being around the team. He wasn't even allowed to be in the facility. Right. This is different. They're allowing him to be with the team, you know, go through practices. He just can't play on Sundays. Which which I think is great. And, you know, we'll talk about this guy in a few minutes. You know, Tom Brady can't even be at the facility for weeks. It's ridiculous. Or, which is, you know, and, and in Brady's case, he's not going to go out and, you know, smoke weed and do PEDs or whatever. He might, he might deflate a few footballs here and there for practice. But – Josh Gordon's the you know, and I'm happy that he's going to be around the team because obviously he's one of those guys who needs to be around his teammates and be engaged in football mm-hmm. because you see it a lot. I mean, I know this is a, a pretty big stretch, but I know when Josh Hamilton, the baseball player uh, for the Rangers and eventually the Angels, when he was injured and was away from baseball for a while, he kind of got all these demons and that's when he got it big into drugs basically he was bored he had nothing else to do mm-hmm. similar thing could happen to josh gordon you know when he's not around the team and, and his his structured day-to-day uh, activities and all of a sudden he's going from meeting to meeting and talking with his coaches and talking with advisors to he's back talking to his buddies or whatever or he's you know getting a phone call from manzel um that that's screams bad news so i'm happy to hear that he will be around the team he'll be able to practice he'll be able to get those reps in um so you know it'll be really interesting to see if he is able to get back to that all pro form because the guy's a beast i mean there's absolutely no reason why he can't take over for a guy like 
Calvin Johnson as the next physical freak in the NFL. Obviously, he's not as tall as Calvin Johnson is, but you know, six three, two twenty five can run a what, like probably a four four forty. I mean, the guy's an animal. We hope still. We, yeah, we hope yeah. So. Right, right. So um, I, I'm I'm pulling for Josh Gordon. Um, you know, if if you have Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, Duke Johnson, that's a pretty good start to uh, a great core um, of playmakers on that on that Browns offense. Who's going to throw him the ball? We'll find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, good, good things in Cleveland. Uh, the good luck continues after the Cavs championship. Uh, now Josh Gordon will be playing. Um, but let's switch it over to to my squad. Uh, Tom Brady, unfortunately, was denied another hearing by the Second Circuit Court of New York City. Um, so if you remember last time we talked, he was in his own bunk where he would have heard uh, his case be retried or he requested to the Second Circuit Court to have his case retried in front of all 13 Second Circuit judges. They said, nay, Tom, go away. And um, rumors around here was that we were going to hear that Tom was going to the Supreme Court, that he wasn't going to fight it, or he was going to continue to fight it. He wasn't going to back down. And, you know, as much as I want Tom Brady to play the first four games of the NFL season, I think that America has bigger fish to fry. They got bigger issues than a deflated football. And, you know, unfortunately with the latest CBA, Roger Goodell has the power. And that's what the players agreed to, mm-hmm. and that's on them. So Tom Brady will be serving a suspension in games one through four. Uh, week one at Arizona, week two, home versus Miami, week three, home versus Houston, week four, home versus Buffalo, and then week five, Jerry, where are they playing? Cleveland Browns. That's right. First so, Energy Stadium. So that means that not only will it be the comeback of Josh Gordon, will it be the return of Luke Grilly to – I'm calling it Cleveland Browns Stadium. I don't care what you say. Um, it will also be Tom Brady's return, and I will be there with some sort of obnoxious sign about how Roger Goodell is Hitler. Um, I'll probably get uh, uh, ranch dressing baby carrots thrown at me again like I did last time when Peyton Hillis ran down our throat. Um, Wait, you had carrots thrown at you in the stadium? Uh, actually, it, was, it, was at, it was at the tailgate. It was before the game at the tailgate. Uh, Ranch-covered baby carrots were thrown at me. You deserve it. Uh, I mean, it wasn't being that annoying. I was just rocking with Tom Brady saying that he was God. Is that, is that annoying? You've been to a, a couple away games for the Patriots. Where does the Cleveland Browns tailgate kind of rank in, in terms of absolute debauchery and I would never walk my children through there? <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Uh, no, uh, probably number one. I've never been to a Bills tail- tailgate. I've heard that's pretty pretty epic. Um, I've been to a Dolphins tailgate, and that was just a joke because <laughs> Dolphins, Dolphins fans are the absolute worst. Um, have I been to another away game? I don't think I have. I think the only two away games I've been to are Cleveland and Miami. So Yeah, uh, I have not been to the Bills. Uh, I have friends that went to the last Bills-Browns game in Buffalo and said that they thought their lives were, were being threatened at one point. I'm sure that was a very exciting um, game. But I have been to Washington. I've been Ooh. to – and that tailgate was pretty pretty good. Um, yeah. But I never felt like you know mistreated or anything like that. But there are times I feel really, really bad seeing fans of the other team walk through tailgates in, in Cleveland. But oh, I hope all the worst help when, uh, happens to you when you come to see Tom Brady. Well, you're, you're going to be with me, so. We'll see. Uh, I, I might just act like I don't know you. Um <laughs> Never so maybe you're saying maybe I should life. rock my 
I should rock my Never Ending Glory podcast t-shirt instead. That's probably a safer bet than eh, I'm not doing it. I'm wearing my Tom Brady jersey with pride. I'd be a, I'd be a pansy if I didn't. You know what though? Cleveland fans don't hate the Patriots. They don't, no, and they no. don't hate Tom Brady. They are the at least not the stupid ones. Like you ask right. any self-respecting football fan in Cleveland, yeah, they love the Browns, but they also respect good football and they know right. where good football is played. Well, I was actually in Buffalo last weekend and with a bunch of guys that I've played in the Dynasty Football League for about seven years. Finally met them. Shout out to Das House. Great time for Steve Stag party, um, but. I finally met these guys, and after years and years of them just ribbing Tom Brady, when we were face-to-face, they were just like, you know what? I mean, we we all love Tom Brady. We just hate him because he's on the opposite team. We just wish he was on our team. And I was like, okay, well, I, I appreciate hearing that from you. Um, ha-ha, because he's our quarterback, and he will be our quarterback until the day he retires, I hope. Um, but, you know, it was refreshing to hear, you know, I think once, once players respect – the, the opposing quarterback, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I hate, I hate Peyton Manning. I, he was always the thorn in the side of the Patriots. Um, you know, the great rivalry between the Patriots and the Colts, and then eventually the Patriots and the Broncos. I was rooting against him in the Super Bowl, but now that his career is over, I respect the hell out of the guy. But he is your biggest rival at the time, so mm-hmm. you, you can't cheer for him. Um, but, but you know, so with Brady out, that leads us to what. Are the Patriots going to do at quarterback? Obviously, you know Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy weeks one through four. Um, so we don't have a lot of tape on Jimmy Garoppolo, so I can't sit here and tell you that he's going to throw for twelve hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, and zero picks. I I have no idea. I mean, he's probably going to be flirt with a thousand yards. I'm hoping he's going to have six to eight touchdowns and limit the interceptions, limit the turnovers. Um, but realistically. Best case scenario, the Patriots go three and one. I'm expecting them to go two and two. Um, I definitely don't see them beating Arizona on the road. That would have been a tough game with Tom Brady, right? Uh, so I'm expecting an opening night loss, and then from there, you know, fortunately the Patriots do have three home games. Like I mentioned, Miami, Houston, and Buffalo are coming to Foxborough, so they're they're going to lose one of those games. Which one are they going to lose? I'm not sure. I don't think they're going to lose in Miami because. Miami struggles on the road, especially they definitely struggle in New England. I see it coming down to Houston or Buffalo. Uh, those two defenses are going to be, they're going to have their ears pinned back. They're going to be coming after Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, I think that they'll probably start off one and one, and then it's a toss up whether they lose to Houston or lose to Buffalo. Um, I but, think they'll be, I think they'll go two and two. I think they're going to uh, lose to Houston at home of the three. Uh, and even then, it might not even be. Much more than a couple points. Well, it's interesting. JJ Watt ha- did have uh, back surgery. Yeah, his herniated so, disc might be right. Uh, so he might he won't be 100. Um, percent So that's a huge blow to their defense. Uh, so I- I'm leaning towards more that Buffalo has a chance to beat us. Uh, the Pats do have a tough time containing Tyrod Taylor, and also Rex Ryan. He knows how to coach against the Patriots. So uh, I. I'm thinking two and two with a loss to Arizona and Buffalo. But let's take a look at it from a fantasy purpose. I mean, Tom Brady last year was the number two quarterback behind um, uh, Cam Newton overall. So now he's missing four games. I mean, obviously, you're still going to draft him. If you didn't have a suspension, you're probably drafting him in the third round. Now that he's going to be missing four games, what are you going to do? Are you still targeting Tom Brady in your fantasy drafts this year? I'm going to definitely target him. I think. It depends on the spot. So, if I'm in a like a 14 team league like we are, um, if I can get him, you know, third, fourth round, that fourth round would be a steal. 
But I'm not looking for Jimmy Garoppolo to be on my team um, unless I absolutely, you know, kind of shit the bed on when it came to other quarterbacks and I just need somebody for a spot fill in for those first four weeks. But uh, Tom Brady's still going to be high on my board. Yeah, I, I think I think Brady's probably – I value him right around a fifth or sixth-round pick in a 14-team league, so that's about a sixth or seventh pick in the 12-team league. Mm-hmm. Um I just have a hard time. As much as I love Brady, I have a hard time sitting him for four weeks. I mean, you could do something where you draft Brady in like the fourth round, and then in like the ninth round, you draft an Amy Dalton type or a Tony Romo type. So, two guys who will produce for those first four weeks. However, fourth round pick is a starting running back, a starting wide receiver, a starting tight end that you yeah. could have on your team. So, you are setting yourself at a disadvantage if you're taking too many quarterbacks too early because you want what Tom Brady's going to bring you. But, you know, I, I took a look at it and I, I put together some projections and I mean, I have Tom Brady as finishing as the number two quarterback in points per game. So, after week five, after week four, you're going to have a guy who's going to be a top flight quarterback. So, if you draft smart, if you have a few sleepers that you can grab at the back end of your draft, maybe you can make a fourth round or fifth round investment in the guy. But personally, I, I just as much as I want Brady on my team, unless I can get him in the fifth or sixth round, I'm probably just going to stay away from him and maybe try to grab him and trade later on. And as you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at making trades. The upside to drafting Tom Brady this year is it's almost like imagine he's a, a younger player in a, in a contract year. He isn't going to be in FU mode. And there's nobody in the NFL that's better when he is in straight FU mode than Tom Brady. When he has a point to prove and he wants to kill, he, this is when he does it. Well, and that's what we saw. We, we've seen FU mode ever since uh, the, uh, the the Chiefs game where everybody's saying that Tom Brady's done and we need to you know trade him and, and start Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he came out against Cincinnati and don- I think he had like five touchdowns that game and dominated from that point on. And won the Super Bowl, and then we had Deflategate, and then he was still in FU mode because Roger Goodell was screwing him over. And you're right. Now we're going to see like super duper FU mode because he's been pissed for about two years now. So you're, you're right. I mean, it's a it's a great gamble to take. You know, last year at the time of drafts, we didn't know when Tom Brady was going to serve his suspension because at that point uh, it was still he was repealing it. And then eventually, midway through the season, it came down that he wouldn't be suspended that season. And then obviously this offseason, we find out the news and what's actually going on this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I want him on my team. I really do. But I think from a – I'm big into value, average draft position, and and kind of molding your draft and playing out a, different, a few different scenarios. And like I said, it's just going to be a really, really challenging thing for me to do to to waste a pick on a guy who is going to be potentially ser- or serving four games. Um, and I, I, I'm actually going to contradict myself in a little bit when we start talking about uh, first-round draft picks uh, because a certain guy named Le- Le'Veon Bell is highly intriguing to me. But he's in a little bit different situation, and we'll talk about that shortly. Um, but you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo not wanting to have him on your, on your team. I agree. I, I mean, I'm not... I'm probably not going to draft Jimmy Garoppolo. The only scenario I can see myself drafting Jimmy Garoppolo is if I drafted Aaron Rodgers. And the reason why is because Aaron Rodgers has a week four bye. So there's two teams who have a week four bye. Oh, that the, makes sense. The the Packers and the um, the Eagles. And I mean, I'm not drafting 
Sam Bradford, so whatever. But if I'm drafting Aaron Rodgers and I know that I'm going to start him week one, week two, week three, sit him week fourteen or week four, and then just ride him until my season's over, then I'll I'll waste a late round pick on Jimmy Garoppolo to ensure that I have somebody. But other than that, I, I really don't see myself wasting a pick on him. I'd rather just grab a speculative speculative player uh, later on in like the sixteenth or seventeenth round. So. That's the only scenario I can see him, and, and I know where you stand on him, Jared. Yeah, Don't worry. Josh McCown should be available in the same spot if you want a real winner. <laughs> so uh, one of my favorite segments that I actually thought of last night, and by favorite, I mean I think it will be my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, was, I was just thinking last night, like, you know, how can we make this podcast a little bit better? And it just it dawned on me, and I thought of NFL Dumbass of the Week. Okay. Okay. So in the NFL, we all know that these guys are not very smart. They're physical specimens, but mentally, they're they're mental midgets. So you know, we're going to mention a few players here because we still we have a lot of guys to talk about. It's obviously been we've never done this segment before, so we do have a bunch of content. So there's three guys that I want to talk about. And first off, I'm going to start with Cheddar Bob, aka Akib Talib, who shot himself in his in his own leg about a month ago. Uh, he just came on the or was placed on the non-football injury list because he's still recovering from that gunshot wound. So fresh off a Super Bowl victory, our boy Keeb Talib is uh, is going to miss some time in in preseason. He's probably, I mean, I'm sure he'll be ready for one. But uh, this is, you know, a lot of drama surrounding the the Denver Broncos this, se- this postseason. So it'll be interesting to see if they can repeat. Um, who who do you got on your list for dumbass of the week? Well, you mentioned him a little bit earlier, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Um, this is—I can't believe he's being suspended again. But um, I don't understand the reason why he said with the whole phone thing and he missed the test. I mean, you should have personal assistants. You have guys in your crew that take care of everything in the world. Why not one of them actually do what a personal assistant does and like keeps your schedule? Like, right. make sure you're not late. Be your driver, right. that kind of thing. Not a guy who holds your gun or a guy <laughs> who he's your weed guy. Like, like I don't understand it. Maybe it's just I'm, I keep everything on you know my phone and I write it down somewhere else just in case my phone isn't accessible. Or right. maybe he needs like some iCloud help. You know, he needs to go to the uh, Apple Store. They'll walk him through it, I'm sure. But like, well, what's the like story that- with this? Well, well, the the story is that he got a new phone, he got a new number, and he didn't, you know, didn't tell the the NFL. So the NFL tried to get a hold of him, and they couldn't get a hold of him, and so he missed multiple tests. And you miss multiple tests, and they treat that as a failed drug test. This is 2016. I mean, how how hard is it to get your your phone contacts changed over, or you know, get your information to the NFL that hey, my cell phone number is now da 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 da. Um, not to defend him, but like, why didn't the NFL you know reach out to the Steelers and the Steelers? I'm sure have like all his information. Well, maybe maybe they did, and the Steelers didn't even know because Le'Veon Bell just doesn't care. (laughs) I mean, the guy's the guy's an idiot. You know, when he came into the league and he had that breakout season in his second year, I was like, okay, this is the next guy who because he kind of kept his mouth shut. He didn't really say much. He just produced on the field, and then he got arrested with Garrett Blunt for smoking a blunt in a car. And now all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, okay, he's a weed guy, whatever. He got suspended, he tore his MCL, and now he's looking to be suspended for four games. And, you know, one more strike, and he's on he's on a 10-game ban. So this is not a smart move. And he just said he, he's commanding $18 million a year as a, his next contract, which I think is up this year. So 
you keep getting suspended. You ain't making eighteen million dollars a year, Le'Veon. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy if you add all the things up. Like, how do you not have the contact information to the right. NFL like forwarded to them? And all, it's just stupid. It, but I mean, the guy he's so good though. He's such a multi-dimensional player. I mean, he he is a, a major difference maker on that Steelers offense. Obviously, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Williams came in last year and and played very well in his in his um, you know backing him up or, or taking over the role once Le'Veon Bell was injured. But uh, he is just a special player, and not only is he talented, he's durable. Um, yes, I know he tore his MCL last year, but when he is healthy, he's touching the ball twenty five to thirty times a game, mm-hmm. which is unheard of so uh levy on bell get a new cell phone get better friends get you know get a better app for your phone that reminds you when to do things it's 2016 figure it out um but we got another weed guy who's who's just an idiot uh probably my top dumbass of the week <laughs> just because he already had a four game suspension and now Randy Gregory is facing a 10-game suspension on top of that. So in his second season, already coming out of college with question marks because of his character off-field issues, he's now facing a 14-game suspension. So, you know, Jerry Jones, Double J, took a, took a chance on this guy. The guy's a top-10 talent. He got him in the second round of last year's draft. For Obviously, he dropped because, like I mentioned, the character issues. And it's coming back to bite Jerry in the ass because right now he has absolutely no pass rush. Um, and between him and Rolando McLean, that's 24 games that these guys are going to miss. Right. Next and aren't the, the Dallas Cowboys going to get fined as a team for having so many people? They have three guys that are not going to be starting the season. They're all on a four to ten is that suspension. Is that a rule? They'll get suspended? Yes, so they'll, get, a, they'll get fined? They're looking at like a six-figure um, <laughs> fine. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, my God. I mean, you know, stop smoking weed. I mean, not only that, but like – they know when these tests are going to be. I mean, they, the NFL doesn't want to bust these guys. They they don't want to. They just know that they have to. Just don't smoke weed for like a month. I mean, I, I have buddies. You tell Alden who, Smith that. Oh, dude. Oh, we should have put him on dumbass. I was okay, say, perfect. I, I use my perfect. sleeper pick. Oh God. Okay, so we'll wrap up Randy Gregory. The guys knew he smokes weed. Alden Smith is the dumbest human being in the history of human beings. I mean. He is just stupid. The, the, the latest no vibe. He, he was on Facebook Live. Okay. Alden Smith's account was on Facebook Live, and there was a girl saying, Hey, you probably shouldn't be doing this. You probably shouldn't be doing this. And what's he doing? He's just smoking a blunt. He's just showing people that he's smoking a blunt on NF on, on Facebook Live. Uh, this I believe is a- the term was he's a fire infatuation. <laughs> I mean, Listen, you want to smoke weed, smoke weed. Just do it the right way. Don't broadcast it. Like, does he just not think that this is going to this is going to get uh, recorded by the internet? Anything that happens on the internet is it's it's permanent whether you delete it or not. I just oh my oh my god, it's just like these people, what are they thinking? You know, it's one thing if you want to, you know, do bad things and mischief and like shooting a gun off like he did at that party one time, whatever. You're a bad dude. We get it. Okay. You beat a woman, you're just a bad dude. You shouldn't be in the NFL. But you are posting yourself smoking marijuana on a live feed. That so you said to yourself, All right, I'm gonna smoke a blunt. Okay, not the best idea, but whatever, that's fine. Then you said to yourself, oh, I'm going to look at my phone. And then you said to yourself, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to videotape myself smoking weed even though I'm a weed guy 
who's had who's on his last leg in the NFL. And I, I don't understand how they haven't suspended him yet. I mean, he's blatantly just sitting there smoking, smoking. Maybe he could say his tobacco. I don't care, but uh, I've, I I wouldn't know, but that didn't look like tobacco to me. <laughs> I mean, my, my head my head hurts. It, it's 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 painful. Well, it's you're painful. trying to rationalize the irrational. I know. And I, know. I learned I know. a long time ago that's only going to make your head hurt if you try to do that. But there is yeah. something that would help that. <laughs> it's a it's a great point. Um, so those are NFL dumbasses of the week. I, like I said, we're gonna have whether it's Josh Norman and Odell Beckham having a cat fight, you know, in the middle of a game, or it's a guy getting a DUI. Uh, we're gonna have somebody. We're gonna have plenty of content each week for these guys. So um, that will be a recurring theme. Um, but let's get into fantasy football and and let's talk about you know what is probably my biggest hobby, my biggest passion, other than breathing um fantasy football so as you as our dedicated listeners and sex bots know we are uh jerry and i know each other through arguably the greatest fantasy football league in ohio maybe the whole world i'm not sure um the league from the league from the ville started in uh our good friend mark's um locker in middle school Mm -hmm. and eventually matured into an online um, venture on Yahoo. Yeah, thank you, Yahoo. <laughs> and so now um, I got into the fold back in I think 2005, and I've been a member ever since. I, I drive out to drive or fly out to Ohio every year for, except for one year when I did have Lyme disease. Um, so that's the only thing that held me back. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I've told my wife that when we have kids someday, that the one weekend that I am going to have to myself is, is draft weekend. It means that much to me. Um, but Jerry and I got to know each other through the league. And as you know, you've, you've talked with Sean, you've heard Sean Z, you've heard Farkey, you've heard Schillig, all those guys are involved in the league as well. And we're going to be bringing on uh, plenty more characters from the league from the Ville as we move forward in the fantasy football season. Um, but we had our draft order. And the way that we do our, our draft order in the league from the Ville is it's random random pick. So pick a name out of a hat. If your, your name gets picked first, you can choose either the first pick, choose the third pick, the eighth pick, whatever you want. Um, for like the fourth time in six years, lucky me, I got picked first. I usually get picked in the top three, and young Daniel gets very upset. Uh, our commissioner, Mark, who is uh, healing from uh, torn Achilles, thoughts and prayers, Mark, um, he gets pissed as well uh, this year. I got the the number one slot, so I picked pick three. Uh, Jerry came in right after me, got pick four. Correspondent Sean got pick five. Our boy Farky, who oddly enough, I think Farky actually got picked right after me and took pick eight. Which you wanted the middle? I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. Which I wanted anything top six, and he took pick eight. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then Schillig, who was who was our WWE analyst, uh, he was on for our WWE mock draft. He picked pick 13 he, he got a later pick too so um what we're going to do is we're going to talk about you know pick three or four because obviously uh, jerry and i both have that pick then we'll try to talk about farky's pick at eight and then we'll talk about Chili's pick at 13 and different options that you can take in those slots in the first second or third round um so that that's where we're going to go with it so uh, jerry you got you know let's let's talk about pick three or four so who are guys that you're targeting there well it should be mentioned this is a ppr league and right. The past few years, it's tended to shift dramatically towards wide receiver league. It's a huge wide receiver based league, and so I the top three guys I have listed on my sheet are uh, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, 
and Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen the two and the three switched based on what source you're looking at, but it's those three, and I don't think it's even that close to the next group. Um, so if I'm in the third position and I can get a Julio Jones, I'm ecstatic, but I would settle even for an Odell Beckham um, at yeah. three. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, honestly, I, the reason why I picked three was because at the time Le'Veon Bell had not been suspended. So I said to myself, all right, if I want to start off with a running back or start with a wide receiver, I can get a top three option at each each, each position. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's the three-man position at each one. So running back, it's I think it's Todd Gurley, I think it's Le'Veon Bell, and I think it's Adrian Peterson. I, you know, Adrian Peterson's getting older, but he's a safe pick. He's going to get you twelve to 1,300 yards. He's going to push double-digit touchdowns. The guy's a stud. Um that wide out, obviously, it's Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. I mean, those top six are those top six. And as I mentioned, even though I won't touch Tom Brady the first round or the you know fourth or fifth round pick because he is suspended, I honestly would consider Le'Veon Bell top three. And the reason being, if you look at his numbers combined with D'Angelo Williams' numbers last year, it's it's filthy. It, it blows. Devontae Freeman, who actually in our league, Devontae Freeman was number one overall scoring player, non-quarterback, of course. Um, Antonio Brown was right behind him, but Devontae Freeman was number one. Um, but Le'Veon Bell would have blown both those guys out of the water. The guy's a beast. If you can try to couple him with D'Angelo Williams in the seventh or eighth round, which I think he should be there in the seventh or eighth round. However, in our league, some asshole is going to take him in the fifth round just because. Um so, so you know, Le'Veon is probably out of my uh, my target, but I, right now I'm deciding to myself: okay, if Antonio Brown is gone, Julio Jones is gone, do I want to go Odell Beckham or do I want to go wide receiver or running back with like Todd Gurley? So that's kind of my internal dialogue I'm having with myself right now. Um, I am leaning towards. Um, Todd Gurley, so Burris, you are good at the fourth pick. You'll get one of those wide receivers, most mm-hmm. likely, um, unless Todd Gurley's gone. You know, if Todd Gurley goes in the first or second pick overall, and I got Antonio Brown or Julio Jones staring at me at third overall, I might have to take one of those guys. However, like I said, though, you're, you're golden because you'll get that at least one of those wide receivers uh, at four. So that's kind of where I'm looking at. And and the reason why, you know, we'll talk about the second round pick for our spot. But I think you want to take a running back early because on the way back down in the second round, there's going to be a lot more wide receivers, I think, than running backs. But, um, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, I, in my spot, I'm kind of just playing, you know, the filter. Whatever gets through to me is what right. I probably got to take. But right. like you said, if I can get a running back overall who's one of the top three guys, mm-hmm. uh, I feel pretty good about that because coming back around to the second round on the snake, um, there's there's still some some top number one guys for Definitely. the wide receivers. Definitely. Um, so, you know, now we're looking at in the middle of the round. So the the eighth overall pick, we'll, we'll pretend it's Farkey's pick. You know, he's on the clock at eight. Who are you thinking there? So we're, I'm looking at ADP average draft position um, that I sent to you, and you know it says Adrian Peterson's there at eight, but that could happen. Again, I think that he's a far safer, a smarter pick in the fourth, fifth, sixth overall slot. But if he's there at eight, you probably jump on him there. Another intriguing name too is Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, and with That's us the guy being, I was going to say, well, with us being in Ohio League, you know, I, I'm sure he's probably going to go in the first round. But I, honestly, I'm not touching him there. I don't, I don't, I don't trust a, ro- a rookie running back. I mean, 
yeah, the guy was a stud in college, and he's he's in a perfect situation in Dallas. Great offensive line, you know, a solid passing game as long as Romo's healthy. But I just don't think you can trust a running back in his rookie year. And even if you do want to trust a running back, you don't make him your first your first round pick. Well, if you're not going to go Zeke, I mean, you have to well, start thinking about. Well, know. why? Okay, I want to hear why you think that somebody at eight should take Zeke. Well, I do think the reasons that you said uh, you. You gave a lot of pros there, by the way, with the great line. You know, um, is Callahan still the O line coach there? I think, or did he leave? But, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I just know I read something on Monday Morning Quarterback the other day about it. Um, there, there's number one reason right there, and then pair that with it with a, a good passing game with Des Bryant and Witten. You know, they're not asking him to do a lot. The, he's just going to do what he's really good at. You know, run a little right. uh, outside zone scheme, and then you know, be a check down guy, and, and maybe even move out and line up on the line. As a, a fourth or fifth wide receiver, um, all things he's successful with at Ohio State, he's got the body to play every down. Um, I don't think there's a reason why he can't get taken there. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think you have to factor in that we have some huge Ohio State homers in our league who yeah. are blinded by the scarlet and gray, and they would probably take him higher if they were ranked if they had the. Uh, spot that we have at three or four so who knows but well well i'll tell you what who's a, a wild card and i was talking to mark today a wild card at two is is conley you know diehard ohio state fan and diehard dallas cowboys fan right so does, he, does he does he make the ultimate reach and take ezekiel elliott at two i don't know but i mean listen i get it i mean it's a perfect storm it was a great landing spot for him i mean Darren mcfadden rushed for a thousand yards last year behind this offensive line i get it i just there's just something about rookies that I don't trust. You know, you've never seen the guy do it against NFL competition. He's he, and there's always the rookie wall guy hits where weeks 12 through 16 or 12 through 17 they start to slow down because they're not used to the longer schedule, they're not used to the grind. Mm-hmm. So, I just he does know, have I, good backups too. It, so it, like you just said, he might not have to be the primary right uh, guy in the first couple of weeks, but he will eventually blossom into that. Almost like the way uh, David Johnson had to because of the injuries to Ellington and uh, Chris Johnson. but Right. But do you feel safer taking a guy like Des Bryant, who you know what he can do, you know he's a stud, you know he's going to get double-digit touchdowns if he's healthy, over 1,000 yards if he's healthy. I mean, I know he's coming off a bad foot injury. Obviously, he's a lost season for Dallas with Romo getting hurt as well. But I would feel a lot safer taking you know Des Bryant eighth overall than taking a rookie who hasn't done anything in the NFL. The way I look at it is Zeke is up there without, like you said, proving anything. I do think he's up there as one of the top PPR running backs in the league preseason. Um, and I've never known anybody to be super happy with their Des Bryant choice in the first round. <laughs> I, I just haven't. That being, I have another league I'm in, and every year the same guy just – Mother F's him, just says, like, I can't believe I'm taking him again in the first round. Like, <laughs> and then don't. It's that easy. Just don't do it. But Fair enough. I don't know. Fair I, don't, enough. I don't know. Like, if I was in that spot and Zeke's there, I, I would probably take him. Yeah. I mean, in that, in that spot, I guess AP, Zeke, they're both two options. One guy who's ranked a little lower in this ADP, but I do want to talk about him here because I was looking at my projections, and even though he's coming off a torn ACL, he's 29 years old. I still think Jamal Charles is going to be an absolute stud this year. He's come off a torn ACL in the past and played well. Granted, I think he was like 26 when that happened. Um, but 
he he's not a guy who has a ton of miles on him because he never really goes over 220 carries a season. He'll get about 40 to 50 receptions. Right. Um, but I think that if he's able to come back 100% from that 20 CL, he's going to be an absolute beast this year. Last year, like an idiot, I took LaShawn McCoy over him, 7th overall. Our buddy Crow took him 8th overall, took Jamal Charles 8th overall, that is. And every time he put up 20 points and LaShawn McCoy put up like 8, I was mother effing him. Um, then obviously when uh, Jamal Charles tore his ACL, the Tables were turned a little bit, but you saw what the guy can do. He's averaged over five yards a carry for his career. He's a PPR stud. Uh, I think I think that Jamal Charles is a real option at eighth overall. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of options. It looks it seems like running back is probably the way that Farky should go at eight, but we'll see. You know, we're not in his brain. Thank God. It's a scary place <laughs> to be. <laughs> um, so now let's look at 13 with Schillig. Uh, Schillig. I have an idea where he's going to go with this, and that's going to be my first take here. I think at 13, I think he's going to take Gronk. Uh, if he's there, yeah. I think yeah. it's a great a great pickup. I would, if I used to be Mr. 13 in our draft, I think yes, I you are. three you years love, ago. You love 13 and 14. You love those spots. Well, there was a year, I believe, I got Antonio Brown and came around and got um, another monster. Oh, I got Edelman. And uh, the same – no, it wasn't Edelman. It was somebody else. I don't but know, you, but, but I got, you still, I got the you still didn't make twos. you still didn't make the playoffs though. So no, 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 it <laughs> definitely didn't. But I got the two top uh, reception leaders in the right. league. But it didn't really matter. The um, running backs suck. The running backs, yeah, I, yeah, I could have rushed for more yards than my three guys <laughs> combined. But that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, Shirley's going to do when you go. You could get a Gronk. You could get you know. Um, you might even get a Dez if it slips down that far. But then Jordy Nelson might be there. And yep. he's coming off of a, a not only he got hurt before he even played a game, I believe. Yeah, he got right? hurt. He got hurt. Really? <laughs> he got hurt during the preseason because I think Vern took him in the second round. <laughs> yeah, we well, yeah, had like, like post draft, but it was yeah. Uh, yeah. It yeah. Was, but I think he's had a lot of time to rehab. I think he'll be back 100 percent ready to go, and yep. he's the favorite target by far of um, Aaron Rodgers. I think if you were to get him and Gronk, you know, and as the 13 and the, the 16 pick overall, that's a great one too. Yeah, I'd be I'd be ecstatic with that start. Uh, you know, I'm not big into drafting tight ends early, even though it's Gronk. It just has never been my strategy. I almost I'm usually the last person to take a tight end just because there's so many guys that just come out of nowhere. You know, Dennis Pitta or Zach Miller, just these random big tall white guys who just have, you know, they'll get you three, four catches a game. And once you're outside like the Gronks and the Jordan Reed and the Greg Olson, after that, a tight end's a crapshoot. You know, it's pretty right. much the guy from four to twelve is pretty much the same guy. So um, while I do, I am all for Gronk going in the first round. That wouldn't be my strategy, though. I see why somebody would do that. I really like your idea of Jordy Nelson in the second round. However, it, I think that if Schilling feels like he really needs to get a running back at that spot, you could look at Lamar Miller or Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamar Miller, I, I love his landing spot in Houston. I think he's woefully underutilized in Miami. Um, and Devontae Freeman obviously had a breakout season last year, had 70-plus catches, had a ton of touchdowns. Uh, yes, they did. he did slow down a little bit towards the end, and it sounds like Tevin Coleman might take some carries from him. But even if he does 80% of what he did last year, he's still a great RB1. So I think if he's able to – if he wants to go running back because he's afraid that he can't get another one in the third round, then I, I think that 
instead of Jordy Nelson, Devontae Freeman or Lamar Miller could be two really good options for him there. And just to go back one more thing on the Gronkowski, I just remember this. I, I remember seeing some pro football uh, focus. They mentioned the best inside receivers for fantasy, mm-hmm. regardless of actual position. You know, yeah. so they had guys in there running back, tight end, whatever. Gronk's still number one by far. Oh, yeah. And so when people say you're taking the tight end in the first round, it, you can't consider it just as you know you're taking a tight end. This is right. a guy who does everything. Well, that's why he's different because he's a tight end that puts up wide receiver one numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, and the reason why he's the best inside guy is because he gets a ton of touchdowns. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to get you double digit touchdowns. He's going to get you eighty catches. He's going to get you eleven hundred yards. The question is, though, you know, with Garoppolo playing first four games, is Garoppolo going to be able to get him the ball consistently? Um, I mean, he's a big target. You got to think that it's hard to fail with Gronk, but we've we've never seen anything with. We've never seen Garoppolo in extended time. So, and on top of that, nobody can take out Gronk without taking out his knees. So that's always as not only having him on your fantasy team, but as a Patriots fan, it, it's um, I have nightmares just seeing safeties dive at his knees. Yeah, and, I was there for the uh, Patriots Browns game in New England when uh, his knee got taken out by uh, TJ TJ Ward. Ward. Oh, I hate TJ Ward so much. <laughs> yeah, we were a little I, afraid of our lives. Uh, yeah. Because then, because then I think he took out he took out uh, he took out Edelman too or Welker I think when he was on the Broncos. So, yeah, I'm not a TJ Ward fan. So let's not bring that up. Okay, okay, I'll be quiet. <laughs> so uh, looking at Farkey's second round pick, you know we figure he's probably taking a running back in the first round. Second round, in the middle of the second round, you're just flush with wide receivers, and this is kind of why I mentioned my strategy with an early round pick is to probably take a running back because in the second round. You got guys like Brandon Marshall, who thank God, all Marshall and Decker owners, thank God that Ryan Fitzpatrick resigned because you didn't want Geno Smith throwing him the ball. Um, you get Amari Cooper, who's bound to take a huge next second step as in the second year in the league, had a great rookie season. You have Brandon Cooks, who one of my favorite players. I think he's due for maybe 90 catches, 1,300 yards. The guy's going to explode. He had a great second half. And then, you know, this guy who's not getting a lot of press right now, he's actually getting dogged a lot, is is Demarius Thomas. I still think he's a great player. Had 103 catches last season with noodle arm Peyton Manning and throwing him the ball. Uh, He's not getting any love, even though Sanchez is back there or Paxton Lynch or whatever the third guy is, the rookie that I've never even heard of. Um, so I, I think that I think that it's smart to take a wide receiver if you're Farky in the second round, and I'm curious to hear what you think. Well, that list is pretty good right there. I don't know where else you could go. Um, as far as running back goes, like you're starting to reach before you're getting to um, guys like McCoy and, and Forte and those. But the one running back I do think is worth a look in the second round, maybe his spot, is Eddie Lacy. I mean, the guys mm. come in – P90X'd up. He's uh, looking <laughs> no, no more, No more that China food, as he calls it. Yeah, you can't have China food in Green Bay. <laughs> I, I, I love Lacey this year. I think Lacey's a great bounce-back candidate. Uh, I, I would be Contracting guy, too, by the way. Uh, yep. I'd be thrilled to get him in the second round. I think I heard he's down like 40 pounds, which is just crazy that he let himself get that out of shape. You know, it's funny, though, because like, I saw pictures of him in training camp uh, online, and you didn't really notice it. it he looks like a normal – running back size and then you take it and you put it against like the, <laughs> last the game year. against the Cardinals and you go, Ooh, 
Um, he looks like he looks like a girl who just came off of her freshman year of college. She's yes. back summer. It's a girl you always thought was really cute. I was watching too many lo- trading spaces reruns, <laughs> drinking those drinking free natties. Yep. And then he was like, "Goo, what happened to you?" <laughs> Um, and then, you know, and then he's, he's that girl who shows resilience and now all of a sudden he's lost that weight. He's back to being his, his felt self. And, and all of a sudden you, you're, you know, texting her, you know, Snapchatting her, trying to get those digits, trying to slide into her DMs. So, so you're we went down you want to slide into Eddie Lacey's DMs this year? We, we went down into a weird road that on that, that last, yeah. So let's just pretend was pre- we'll edit that out. Right. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> so Team now X is no joke man good for Eddie Lacy yeah good for him I'm happy to see him uh, slim down and like I said I, I think that not only will him being the impact player he was before help himself and help his fantasy owners but I think that's going to help the passing game in Green Bay because no longer do teams have to worry about just having four in the box because Eddie Lacy isn't going anywhere and, and James Stark sucks so um that's only going to help Green Bay and, and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers get back to the team that they were two years ago, just the, when, when Aaron Rodgers was arguably the best quarterback in fantasy. Right. So we're looking at our second-round pick now, Jer. Uh, I'm talking – I'm probably taking a running back in the first round. You're saying you're probably going to take a wide receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. So a couple options that we have there. Um, you mentioned LaShawn McCoy. He could be available at the end of the second round. A guy who I think is going to continue to have a fail, a, a, a decent career. I think he peaked last year. Uh, Doug Martin is going to be there probably at the end of the second round. Yeah. He might be a mid-second round pick, but he could be a good target. And I'm actually thinking about maybe going running back, running back, going old school. Um, but, you know, Doug Martin ran for over 1,000 yards last year. Obviously, Charles Sims has taken over the pass-catching responsibilities, so you're not going to see that like like Martin's rookie year where you have like 60 catches. But, you know, last year, Doug Martin was probably the number two, number three fantasy running back, so getting him at the end of the second round ain't too shabby. However, Ooh. got paid, so we've seen a lot of times where a player gets paid and all of a sudden they're just, eh, whatever. We'll see. Well, I'm good. I'm good. But I, I, don't, I don't get that feeling from Doug Martin. Um, so, you know, what do you think about, so are you thinking that's who you'd be targeting there in the second round? If he's available, I'd love to get Doug Martin in yeah. the second round. Um, there's a couple other guys at running back cause I'm going to need one if I took wide receiver right away. Yeah. Um, Mark Ingram's guy you need to look at. Um, he's not sharing the ball as much as he used to with Pierre Thomas and, um, the other stable of running backs they had down there. Another guy like McCoy could be there. Um, and then you start getting into the fiasco of the New England uh, running back situation. Who is the yep. running back? Does the, do they play another position? Are they going to? I've done well, not well enough to make the playoffs, but I've done personally <laughs> well, thinking that I, I did a good job drafting um, players from the Patriots that catch a lot of balls. I always like to say that, uh, like when they had Stephen Ridley and. Um, Oh, who's the other guy last year? Shane, um, Shane Vereen. I, lo- I was a big Shane Vereen guy. Love, love Shane. Shane love Shane. So I think like a guy like Deion Lewis, if he's back fully healthy, it's something you got to take a look at. Yeah. I- I'm petrified of Deion Lewis, to be honest. He was so much fun to watch last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came out of nowhere. I got him with my last pick in one of my drafts, and he and it was a draft where I didn't draft an actual RB1 because I went like wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end. That didn't work out too well. But I got – 
Deion Lewis late and right, yeah, last pick, and I had my RB one for the first se- seven weeks of the season, right. and then in the middle of game seven, he goes down with the torn ACL. So the way he plays, you know, he shifts so much that he relies so much on the shiftiness and the elusiveness. I'm, I'm scared of him this year. I, he got injured late last year. Usually, a guy needs a full year to recuperate from a torn ACL before they're the same person again. So, I would not be shocked if he starts the season on the PUP list, and they hope that he gets a 100%, and they play James White. So, personally, I'm not targeting Deion Lewis in the third round. Yeah, or the like second I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, definitely be part of the injury report. But now, the, the other question I have is, so if I go RB1 first round, second round, yep. there are two guys that are available. There's... Cam Newton at quarterback, and there's Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Yeah. How do you rate a quarterback in a 14-team league this year? Well, I love – actually, I have Aaron Rodgers as my number one quarterback. And the reason why, especially in our league, because we get points per completion. Mm-hmm. You get uh, you get a fifth of a point, so 0.2 points per completion. And Aaron Rodgers, is he's got great accuracy. And if he has his best pass catcher back, Jordy Nelson, that's going to open up stuff for Randall Cobb, who's got short hands. That'll maybe open up something for Devontae Adams to turn into uh, NFL caliber wide receiver. He really struggled last year. Um, but I don't mind a quarterback in the second round. Um, and, but I think if you're going to reach, I, I think it's a bit of a reach, but if you're going to do that, you got to take Aaron Rodgers or you have to take Cam Newton. I don't trust uh, uh, Andrew Luck. I don't trust Russell Wilson. I don't trust Drew Brees. Not in the third, not in the second round. Yeah, Fourth round. Fourth round, maybe, but in the second round, I wouldn't do it. Um, I'm actually going to be looking at wide receivers in the second round, most likely. And guys that are popping up for me are Jarvis Landry, who I think is going to have a 100-catch season. T.Y. Hillen, who should have a good bounce-back season now that Andrew Luck's under center. And uh, Randall Cobb. Uh, like I said, I think that the I think Green Bay is going to turn it around, and they're going to turn it back into that explosive offense they once were. So that's kind of where I'm looking. And I, I want to say Julian Edelman. But he's starting out camp on the PUP list. He's got a bad foot. He the same injury that Des Bryant had, and uh, it, you know he obviously wasn't the same person after he got injured against the Giants last season. So um, I'm just I'm I'm very hesitant to take Julian Edelman, and, and with the Tom Brady suspension looming as well, because again, Brady and Edelman have those timing routes down pat, and I'm not sure that they, that. Garoppolo and Edelman have the same rapport. So I'm probably going to shy away from Edelman because he's just going to be far too rich for my blood. Um, but Jarvis Landry, I think, would be, you know, he's not going to get you a ton of touchdowns, but in a PPR league, that's that touchdowns are slightly undervalued. So give me the 100-catch guy who's going to get you consistently 13, 14 points a game. And I think in Gase's offense uh, down there in, in Miami now, coming from Chicago, it's pass first. They want to get quick quick stuff out to their speedy guys like Landry, and I think you're going to see him go over 90 or even 100 catches this year. So I, yeah. I think that's a good pickup there. Right. Now, my question for you, you know, if you take a wide receiver in the first round, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's going to slip this far, but if Le'Veon Bell's sitting there in the second round, are you taking him? I have to strongly consider it. Yeah. Um, to get Le'Veon Bell in the, the late second round, yeah, I, w- I would definitely think about it. And then stow him away, <clears throat> excuse me, and then do... <laughs> You know, a four-week stretch of just trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> I do think there's a lot of running backs that split time and stuff like that that you could get away with for a couple weeks. Yeah. No, yeah, if you drafted somebody in the sixth round, like a, I don't know, Matt Jones or a Ryan Matthews, 
Um, maybe even Danny Woodhead might last that long. I think he'll be gone by then. But uh, yeah, I, I think that, like I said, I'm I'm I am considering him third overall. I don't think I would pull the trigger because I just don't have the nuts for that. Um, but in the second round, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'm looking at wide receiver. But if Le'Veon Bell sitting there, I can start my team off with Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. It's really tough to beat that. Yeah, that, that's that's nice on paper. Yeah, on paper, which Le'Veon Bell would, Bell would smoke. Oh, you get it? <laughs> you're you're reaching. That's your first reach of the night. The first one? All right, yeah. I'll go with it. That's fine. We're about 50 minutes in, so I'll take it. Um, so now early third round, we're back on the clock. A uh, few more players have gone. And so I'm actually having a lot of trouble. I've been doing a lot of mock drafts. I've been writing out my ideal team and how I see it playing out. And I haven't decided if I would want to go running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back, or if I want to go ro- running back, wide receiver, quarterback. You know, the ADP is a great tool to kind of carve out and plan what kind of team you want to have, but you're always going to have a guy who's just going to screw over everybody's plan in the draft, like, you know, Jonesy last year taking Aaron Rodgers third overall. Uh, young Daniel taking three running backs in five rounds and two quarterbacks in six rounds. So it's tough to kind of judge what guys are going to do. So at this point, I'm saying to myself, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a situation where I want to take an Aaron Rodgers or a Cam Newton in the third round, but a guy snipes him at the end of the second round, where do I go? I think I'm leaning towards probably looking at Golden Tate, wide receiver for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, huge hole left by Calvin Johnson's retirement. When Golden Tate played without Calvin Johnson, he was a surefire wide receiver one, uh, especially in PPR league. I mean, he's going to get a ton of attention because they only brought in Marvin Jones, and they actually just they just signed Anquan Bolden, which is a pretty interesting signing. But I, I think that if I start off with you know a running back like Todd Gurley, who's just going to be uh, a beast, he's going to catch a ton of balls, he's going to have 300 carries, and then I go Jarvis Landry or Randall Cobb. They are just great PPR guys. And then I go with you know Golden Tate, who's the wide receiver one on Detroit. And again, they, they chuck the ball there, so he's probably going to get 90 to 100 receptions if he stays healthy. That's a pretty damn good start. I agree. I would also, in, I guess if I'm one spot lower, it depends also what I've done. But the guy I thought might be going in our area, um, I like DeMarco Murray. And it's because that O-line is tough down there. They're, they're, and I like what Tennessee's trying to do offensively. They want to be bigger, stronger than everybody else and play a little bit of bully ball in the AFC South. Um, and I think they can do that against teams like the Colts. So I think he's going to go back to that style of play when he was with Dallas. It's not going to be the, all the zone read stuff that he was involved with with the Eagles, which he struggled with. He's more of a downhill runner in the way of like Adrian Peterson is. So I don't think he's going to be as big of a pass catch threat. But um, I'll I'll let you take Demarco Murray in the third round. I'll glad take him. <laughs> uh, and the reason not why, a believer. Like, no, I mean I I am. I think that he's a good player. But why? If if you just sign him to that big deal, why are you going to sign Derek or draft Derek Henry in the second round? That's that was the only. I loved the signing by the Titans. I thought it was perfect for him. You know, get a great running back to support your young quarterback. They have a bunch of unproven, other than Delaney Walker, a bunch of unproven receivers on that team. So get a good running game, be fantastic. 
I'm just nervous that Derrick Henry is going to come in because I feel like he's an NFL ready running back. I, I'm nervous he's going to come in and, and take 15 carries a game and just limit DeMarco Murray's ceiling. And, you know, you mentioned if you took Le'Veon Bell in the second round, you know, there's tons of running backs. You can figure it out. I would rather take a wide receiver, a guy you know, or even, you know, honestly, even a Matt Forte. I'd rather, but I'd rather take a wide receiver like a Sammy Watkins if he's healthy, a Calvin Benjamin who is going to be the wide receiver one um, coming off an ACL injury. I'd rather take those guys and then in the fifth round maybe start looking at a running back by committee type guy. Uh, you know, in the in the fifth round, like I mentioned Matt Jones earlier, who I actually am not a big believer in, but you know, looking at where I'm probably going to be drafting, he's a guy I'm going to look at in the fifth round. Uh, Jonathan Stewart. I'd rather have him later on, or Jeremy Hill. I'd rather have him later on, or Frank Gore, than than wasting you know a third round pick on Demarco Murray. But that's why I make the playoffs, and why you've never made it before. So whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we're looking at Farkey's pick, middle of the third round. Um, who who do you think he's going to target there? So he's probably taking a running back and a wide receiver. Is he going to go another running back? Is he going to go another wide receiver? Maybe a tight end? You got Jordan Reed there. What do you think? Uh, if he has not fulfilled a, if he hasn't gone wide receiver, wide receiver, I bet he gets a, a, a you know his second wide receiver in the third round. And like you said, there's there's plenty to choose from here. Um, we should you should definitely still have guys like Doug Baldwin available. You know Jordan Matthews, even like Larry Fitzgerald. Those guys should all definitely be. Available and and hopefully you get a guy like Sammy Watkins that slides down or um, a Calvin Benjamin that'd be perfect pickup in yeah. that spot. Jeremy Macklin would be nice too. Uh, yeah, Mac- Macklin, Macklin yeah. surprised me last year. He signed that big contract. He's going to Kansas City, where you know fantasy players go to die, other than Jamal Charles, because <laughs> Alex Smith just again speaking of noodle arms, the guy can't throw downfield. Um, but Macklin was great last year at 80-some-odd catches, 1,000 yards, uh, I think like eight, eight or so touchdowns, and, and stayed healthy for the most part. So, you know, I, I definitely think that your your Calvin Benjamin, Jeremy Macklin, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Jordan Matthews, I think those are all good options. I'm not in on Doug Baldwin. I'm going to stay away from him this year. Uh, I think he was just – if you look at the Seahawks last year, they just – they kind of peaked at the end of the season, uh, early on in the season. I actually had Doug Baldwin. I think I drafted him, and I dropped him, which looking back on it now, I probably would have won the league if I kept him, but that's besides the point. Um, I just think that that offense, is it's, it's tough to support a fantasy receiver in that offense because I just think that they want to run the ball. They want to either have Thomas Rawls, who if he's healthy, should have a very huge impact on that team. You know, Russell Wilson is is quick to do the read option and you know obviously scamper for ten yards or he's quick to pull the ball down if he can't find his first read open. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see if Jimmy Graham can come back from that torn patella tendon, which is a very tough injury to come back from. So uh, I'm not I'm not totally sold on Doug Baldwin. I would not be suggesting drafting him as a starter, but I but I could see the argument for that he is the number one wide receiver there. They just signed him to a long term deal, so obviously they think he's a va- very valuable asset to that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, wide receivers is, is where I go in the middle of the, of the third, um, and you know you could. You could take a quarterback there too. If Cam Newton drops to you there, great. You could reach a little bit for uh, Andrew Luck. Remember, Andrew Luck was arguably a first-round pick last year in redraft leagues because he had a dominant 2014 season. 2015 was pretty much a wash due to injury, um, but he, he's an option there. 
so now we're looking at Schilling's third round pick, end of the end of the third round, and the guy I'm I'm really targeting here for him is Carlos Hyde. Uh, I know that he's had a really hard time staying healthy throughout his three year two year career, but last year week one he showed us what he can do. He had two touchdowns. I think he scored like thirty something fantasy points, and, and teams who got him in the fourth or fifth round were just saying, "All right, well I I got the steal of the draft. This guy's a stud." And then he put up a few stinker games. And then next thing we know, he's out for the season with a foot injury. So the foot injury is scary, but all the hype he's getting, not only from Chip Kelly, but from the beat writers, from himself saying he feels healthy, he's, he's smaller, he's lost a few pounds, so he can keep up with Chip's up-tempo offense. He's, he's a candidate for 300 carries this season. So if he can stay healthy, and, I, and I've used that caveat at least 13 times tonight because in the NFL, and obviously with, with fantasy football, if a guy can stay healthy is is 50% yeah, of the strategy. Um, but I, I I just have a feeling that he's gotten over the injury bug and this will be Carlos Hyde's breakout season. I can see that. Um, coming around on the turn, though, if he goes high, do you think he's going to be getting his quarterback here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in, in early fourth round, he's probably going to, again, you know, we mentioned Andrew Luck as a reach for Farkey. Um, in the eighth pick of the third round, you could definitely take you could definitely take an Andrew Luck here. You might want to say, "Hey, I'll, I'll take um, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees." I mean, this is in the fourth and fifth round. I think is the best spot for the second tier quarterbacks, and that's kind of what you're looking at with Brees, Luck, and uh, and Roethlisberger and uh, and Wilson this year. So I could definitely see him taking taking a quarterback on the turn there. Yeah. Now, what do you think about? So, this will be the last round that we do. Uh, fourth round for Farkey. You know, he's probably out of running back, two wide receivers. Uh, what are you thinking here? Maybe go Danny Woodhead? Danny Woodhead would be a good pickup here. Um, did you, wait, who did you say when he had uh, no quarterback yet, right? No quarterback. So, he no could qu- take a quarterback here, too. It might be a good time to get, uh, you know, Andrew Luck. If he's here, this, we're starting to see a, a good sp- landing spot for a guy like him. Um, you know, if if something strange goes off and you don't have Rodgers or you don't have he goes in the first round and Newton goes early and Luck's gone, you know who's the next quarterback probably to go? It's probably Russ Wilson. Um, I don't. I would probably be taking him there. I'm gonna try to s- stick around and try to get like a guy like Roethlisberger in later rounds, but you know Farkey could do that there. But there's guys like Ryan Matthews still available to run the ball in uh, Philadelphia. <clears throat> Philadelphia, excuse me. Um, or you got even guys like pass catchers like Gio Bernard. I think it's a little early for him there. But Duke Johnson's a guy who uh, you know they're they're thinking big things for him in uh, Cleveland. And I will say this with Hugh Jackson teams, he does incorporate the running back in the passing game in a big way. And if you can yeah. play all three downs, then you can play in a Hugh Jackson offense. So I think Duke Johnson, um, you know, it'd definitely be the first Cleveland player off the board. Well, and if this is the Cleveland League, I'm surprised Duke Johnson's not going first overall because he's arguably the best fantasy football player this year, yeah. I think, for the Browns. Um, yeah, you're right. You mentioned uh, Hugh Jackson. Obviously, Drew Bernard had a ton of success under him. Had between you know forty-five to sixty catches every year. Uh, still got involved running the ball as well, so he's a dual threat. And like I mentioned on Saturday, DynastyFootballWarehouse.com, I'll be releasing an article saying Duke, Geo, or Woodhead is my second running back, and so you'll see who I like there. Uh, that's called a big market tease. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I like Duke Johnson there for him for sure. That's that would be a great pick. 
a guy I don't like, but he produced last year, and I just think he's such a replaceable player. I would not suggest drafting Latavius Murray. Uh, I mean, he's the only guy in Washington, or I'm sorry, in Oakland, and he rushed for over a thousand yards last year. He had like forty some odd catches. I mean, he's involved with the offense, but I just think he's a very mediocre player. And I can I think that he can easily be replaced. They just drafted this guy DeAndre Washington, who has a chance to to potentially take over that role of running back in Oakland. He he seems like he could be one of those guys who just kind of fades into oblivion after a thousand yard season. Mm-hmm. So I would not suggest drafting him. But I do like Michael Floyd for Arizona. Uh, it, it's really tough. I will say it is very tough on a week to week basis to figure out who's going to have the big game as an Arizona receiver between Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, and John Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like, you know, towards the end of the season, Larry Fitzgerald did tail off a little bit. But Michael Floyd kind of stayed consistent. So as your wide receiver two or wide receiver three, probably wide receiver two at this point, I think that Michael Floyd would be a pretty good option for Farkey here. <clears throat> I like Michael Floyd. I think uh, it's a great pickup there. Yeah. So now we're going to our pick. This is our last pick of this mock. And fourth round. You know, I'm probably going to start looking. And we talked quarterback for almost everybody's pick here. I think this is just this is just the bread and butter, the time you really are going to get the best value out of your quarterback. If you're going to get crazy, I know you might think this. I probably won't, but Tom Brady is available in the fourth round. I'd probably be looking at Roethlisberger, though I am a little scared that Martavis Bryant suspension. Uh, that is huge. I know Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the league, and Sammy Coates has been talked up as doing big things, and they brought in uh, Ladarius Green, formerly of San Diego, to play tight end. But uh, Roethlisberger might be an option here. But one guy we haven't mentioned yet that had a huge season for me in a couple leagues, and I'd love to get him here, is, is actually Greg Olson. Uh Tight end for Carolina. I mentioned that after Gronk, after Jordan Reed, after Olsen, I really don't care what tight end I get. But at this point, if I have a running back, two wide receivers, I'm going to grab my tight end probably if Greg Olsen's here. The guy had over 1,000 yards, had 80-some-odd catches, found the end zone multiple occasions. Uh, you're going to get consistent point scoring from Greg Olsen. Even though Calvin Benjamin's coming back and Devin Funches should take a step forward, I think Greg Olson's still the top dog in this offense for at least two more years. He's the guy that Cam's most comfortable throwing to as well. Yeah. Uh, he always seems like to know exactly who his spots are supposed to be, and he hits them, and, and, and Cam's comfortable throwing to him. That's a good pickup if you've already got your other positions set. Um, the guy I was going to say was Roethlisberger. I'd, I'd love to get Roethlisberger on the way back um, in the fourth, I think. Even though they don't have Martavis uh, Bryant this year, Martavis Bryant this year, I do think they made a big pickup of Ladarius Green. Heath Miller was his dude for a long time, and if he can do the same thing that uh, Heath Miller was and be that checkdown guy, that guy he can rely on in the red zone, I I don't think that uh, Roethlisberger's numbers go down. Yeah, and also too, Ladarius Green is really just more an athletic version of Heath Miller. Heath Miller was just your your consistent. You know, six foot four white guy who's going to lumber for eight, nine yards, and you're yeah, going to. He's not running away from anybody. No, no. But Ladarius Green's a little bit more shifty, a little faster, a little taller, I believe. So, uh, you know, we saw Ladarius Green when Antonio Gates was suspended last year for the first four games for PED violations. Ladarius Green was averaging about, I think, like four or five catches a game, and averaged about 60, 60, recept- or 60 yards a game, and, and scored a touchdown every other game. So, He's a consistent tight end. I'd, I'd love to have Ladarius Green later on in the draft. He, he's going to have a good year, I think, this mm-hmm. year for sure. 
So those are the, the top four rounds that we're kind of mocking out tonight. And, you know, we might check out later rounds as we move forward in the draft season. Obviously, guys, fantasy drafts are coming up soon. So, you know, definitely keep an eye out for our podcast here, the Never Ending Glory podcast, as well as uh, different articles on DynastyFootballWarehouse.com on different strategies for your draft. But before we leave you guys, uh, I, we do want to mention some running back values that we have this season. And next episode, we might talk quarterbacks. The season, the episode after that, talk wide receivers, et cetera, et cetera. But I, we picked out a few running backs. We think the question is, what is their value this year? And a few guys we've already mentioned, um, and we'll briefly go over them. But there are also a few players we haven't mentioned that we will kind of go to a little bit more in depth. And we'll talk about some sleepers as well. But the first player I want to talk about real quick is Devonta Freeman. Obviously, I mentioned last year he's a 2015 number one running back, number one overall non-quarterback. Uh, he beat out Antonio Brown because he caught so many balls on the backfield and was able to find the end zone. Um, on you know, I think he scored about eight. I think it was like 18 touchdowns last year, which is just unreal. It's, it's reminiscent of you know Sean Alexander back in the day. Um, so I, I, his ADP right now is in the early 20s. We're saying that he's probably going to go in the early second round, early to mid second round. Uh, why, Burris, why isn't he going, you know, top five? I think people don't know who he is. Uh, at the top five, you've got David Johnson, Adrian Peterson, but like, why isn't he ranked above Zeke Elliott? Is it because of the offensive line? I mean, Falcons did upgrade their offensive line this off season by adding Alex Mack. So that's kind of a, kind of a shocker. You know, guy was the the leading scorer last year. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't feel comfortable with him. And I, I can't explain why. I really can't. You know, he's just he he did slow down toward the end of the year. He was very from a running standpoint, he wasn't great. Um, but from a receiving standpoint, he was fantastic. He was the number two receiver on that on that Falcons team. So great check down guy for for Matt Ryan. Um, I, I just think that I'm just nervous that he could be. You know, I think it was 2008. We saw. A breakout season from D'Angelo Williams had like 1,600 yards, I think 17 touchdowns. And then ever since then, he's just been a mediocre back. Right. So I am nervous that he's going to have – just because he Devontae doesn't have that draft pedigree. He wasn't supposed to be this great guy. I mean the, the, the rate of the Falcons drafted uh, Tevin Coleman in the third round last year. He was supposed to be the guy. The reason why he wasn't was because he got hurt. And then all of a sudden we saw Devontae Freeman's uh, uprising. So – that that's a red flag, uh, and that's probably the biggest reason why I'm just kind of gun shy on him. But you know, if I see him in the second round, it's going to be hard to say no. Mm-hmm. You mentioned David Johnson. I'm not touching him with a ten foot pole. I don't care. I mean, again, second round maybe, but I'm not paying a top six, top seven pick for him. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't understand why he's being valued so high. Chris Johnson's going to get carries. He's not going to get the bulk of the carries, but he's going to get carries. Andre Ellington's going to see time in the passing game. They're a pass-first team. They're going to chuck the ball. I don't. I don't get the hype with David Johnson. Well, I think he was a uh, you know the fill-in for those two guys last year. With <coughs> excuse me, You're excused. I think he was the the fill-in guy after those two injuries last year, and he was kind of thrust in that role, and he didn't suck. Uh, he, he right, sw- but top five, top uh, six. I don't know about that. I I can't take him in if. If he falls to me in, in the first round, I don't know if I can take him there. Um, yeah. He might be a little overrated. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I think, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to have a good year, but I just think he's, 
he's very overrated. And, you know, sometimes in the fantasy football circles, we overhype guys way too much. And I think that right now the two, the two main guys are being overhyped are Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, and, and I'm always late to the game when it comes to this because once a guy has proven to do it for a whole season – that's when I'm obviously willing to pay the price. I'm a little bit safe when it comes to my first-round picks. So that's why I'm, I'm a little bit down on David Johnson this year. Um, one other player I want to talk about, actually two more guys that I want to talk about uh, and, their, and their values are Jeremy Langford in Chicago. I'm not, I don't, I'm not buying on him. I actually think he's a pretty bad running back. Uh, he is a very non-elusive running back. He averaged under four yards a carry last year. Had two big gains when Matt Forte was out, but other than that, he really wasn't very good. Uh, and he's also gained about 10 to 12 pounds of muscle, he says, in this offseason, which is great. But if you're already not elusive, <laughs> you know, you're gaining more weight, you're going to get even less elusive. So uh, they, yeah, I don't they even draft- know who else they have to, like, to help him out. Like, he's not a pass catching uh, right. tailback. Well, they got, they got Kadeem, uh, Kadeem Carey, who can, who can pick up the slack on the uh, receiving portion of the running back duties but they also have uh, Jordan Howard who's a rookie this year and um, he's a, he's actually a sleeper that I think that I, we're going to mention in a little bit that I think you could draft later on and he could easily take over the starting role from Langford right now they're projecting like a 60-40 split between the two but we've seen it I mean, we saw it with Devontae Freeman if, a, if the incumbent starter struggles a guy can come up and and just be the the next fantasy darling. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Jordan Howard is going to do that, but I think he's in a very good spot to do that. Um, and so this player just signed with Miami, coming off a torn Achilles, which the Never Ending Glory podcast friends know a lot about. Uh, two certain brothers know very much about the torn Achilles. Thoughts and prayers, Mark. Um, Arian Foster with Miami. This this signing throws a ton of cold water on Jay Ajayi's fantasy. Uh, he was a hot name as a, as a sleeper, as a breakout candidate, second-year guy, went to Boise State. Obviously, with Arian Foster coming in, he's made out of paper, so he's probably going to get hurt. But when he's healthy, he's an absolute beast. You think at 29 he can come back from a torn Achilles and, and be a stud running back again? I think he's always a factor just by how athletic he is. I want to see what he looks like after that surgery. That's not, that sounds something you just come right back from. Um, is he going to threaten uh, Jay Ajayi's uh, <laughs> numbers? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think he's more of a, uh, a spot back, if anything, and we'll, we'll kind of go from there. I, that's a tough injury to come back at, at running back. It's like the same thing with like these, all these foot injuries that you see right. guys are with. It's not – something you just jump right back on the field and he's got to get into football shape. So early in the season, I wouldn't, I would stay away from yeah. Arian Foster. Maybe it's a pickup thing. If, uh, uh, Jay, JJ can't stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. I, I can't. Ajayi. 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 Yeah, no, he, I, I, well, see, I really wanted, um, from a fantasy standpoint, on an NFL standpoint, I really want to see Seattle sign him because I don't think he can, he, he can't handle 20 carries a game or 20 touches a game. I think he'd be a fantastic third down back, goal mm-hmm. line back, handle some early down duty, but I, I did not want to see him sign with a team like Miami where it just really muddles the situation. You know, another team I wanted to see him go to was was New England a little bit, but that really doesn't make any sense because they're dealing with Dion Lewis's injury. But um, yeah, I just didn't like Miami's landing spot for him. However, you know, I think his role is going to be a pass catching back because he's he's really good at that. 
Uh, and if J- if Ajayi struggles, then you know he might get some early down work. But it's really it's how much how long can he last? And I'm not sure that he can last a full season. Right. So really, because when Aaron Foster's on the field, he's a 20 point scorer a game. I mean, he's an, he's a sure thing RB one. He put up 20 points a game last year until he tore his Achilles. So you know it's tough. It's tough to see that name and not just think, all right. Cool, I can just plug him into my lineup and forget about it. Mm-hmm. But um, so, l- real quick, I have two sleepers I want to talk about. We are going a little long here because, uh, like I said, I'm very excited to finally get into talking fantasy football. But I feel like it's been a, a worthwhile hour and a half for for you folks. But um, two sleepers I want to talk about at running, running back position. The first guy you might remember him from college, Zach Zenner, running back in Detroit. You know, Detroit right now they got rid of Joyke Bell. Amir Abdullah, we're not sure exactly what they have with him. So the Lions really need a big back. And other than Abdullah, they have Zach Zenner and Steven Ridley. And, you know, Ridley was great with New England a few years ago. Torres ACL hasn't been the same person since. So if he can't get a handle on the role of the big back duties, Zach Zenner is is a real real option at, at running back for Detroit. Uh, I don't know a ton about Zenner. I, I do know, you know, he was very over, very hyped up coming into the, the pros, undrafted free agent, but he had a pretty good college career. Um, Jared, do you see any any benefit of taking Zach Zenner towards the end of your fantasy drafts? Again, he's probably somebody you're going to be picking up instead of drafting. Um, right. You hope that in, in Detroit that. Um, Amir Abdullah could be the bell cow for them, but Zach Center, I, I not see him going during our draft. I'm pretty sure if I said uh, with my 12th pick, I'll be taking <laughs> Zach Center, people would either throw something at me or look at me with like absolute contempt on their faces. No, we didn't, we expect that from you though. <laughs> we expect you to make a stupid move like that. On my first pick, usually I get that look. <laughs> no, when you make a trade with me, you get that look. Yeah, well, I've done that what? in years. Yeah, I know you've learned. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see with Zenner. And then the other guy I want to talk about, close to my heart, I watched him play all, all season, last season, James White in New England. Uh, if, and, and this is only if Deion Lewis can't come back from that ACL because the, the pass-catching running back is huge in the Patriots offense, and there's really nobody else on the roster that can do it. Like Garrett Blunt can't catch the ball. Brandon Bolden's strictly a special teams guy. And, that le- and they have Donald Brown, who just sucks. So... That leaves James White to be the, the pass catching guy there. And, and last last season, he actually uh, performed pretty well um, in Deion Lewis's absence. I think he he really picked it up towards the end of the season. And I remember I remember having him in a few leagues, and he wasn't dynamic by any means, but he did have a few games where you know against the Eagles in Week 13, 10 catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, week 15 against the Titans, seven catches, 71 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So he's really not going to be a factor running the ball. But out of the backfield, you know, he had 38 catches in one, two, three, in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. And, you know, two of those games was, or three of those games, um, Deion Lewis was still playing. So, you know, 30, 35 catches in, in seven games or in five games, that's, that's pretty, pretty good for a PPR league. So those are some of our uh, running back sleepers that we, we thought could be uh, beneficial to either pick up after your draft or, or potentially uh, you know draft with your last pick in, in your respective drafts. So 
between that and the running back values in our mock drafts, you know, we'll continue during this preseason to keep an eye out on all the different values and and talk about different players you should be targeting in your fantasy drafts and keep you up to date with the latest news and the latest tomfoolery that these uh, NFL players are getting themselves into. Uh, but before we sign off, of course, find us on never uh, on Twitter at Neverending Glory Podcast. I'm sorry. At Glory Podcast, find us on Facebook at Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, and we, like I said, we are proud to say that we are now part of the Dynasty Football Warehouse family. So go to dynastyfootballwarehouse.com. Check out all the different information, all the different uh, creative articles you can read there, and um, you know, pass some time when you're on the pooper. Um, you got anything else, Jared? No, that's it, man. All right, so guys, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>